Hello, everybody, and welcome to UGA Sports Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. My name is Blaine Gilmer. I'm here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and we have a loaded show for you here on Rumors versus Facts. As this past Arkansas weekend, there was a absolutely loaded, star-studded field guest list, and uh, even for a twelve o'clock game, Trent, it was a uh, there was there was a lot of big time guys there. Yeah, it was it was definitely impressive. Uh, I guess kind of what tops it off is uh, number one rated prospect in the country, Travis Hunter coming. But even without him, I mean, it was it was uh, you know you had the bear Bron- uh, bear Bronze. you had the bear Alexanders, and uh, um, I mean it was just it was loaded. You know, I don't think Bear Bryant was there. if Bear Bryant was there, that would have been really impressive <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think everybody came except. I mean, would the Singletary show up? No, so uh, Singletary never, never quite made it in there. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a absolutely loaded, loaded list. And Jed, you know, you've got guys there like Jalen Walker and Malachi Starks who keep coming to these games. And just how important it? I mean, we've talked to some of these guys who are recruits or that have turned into commitments, and now they're doing the recruiting of their own. When Georgia has that solid base of those guys there. Uh, doing some recruiting for them. Just how important is it, you know, when you've got these high-profile guys there kind of along with them? Well, it's one of those things, right, where those guys know what each other's going through. I mean, they know sort of how each school is treating them and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I remember talking to Denon Morissette or earlier this summer, and he was like, yeah, us players, we usually know where each other's going, you know, before the coaching staffs do. So those are guys, you know, they're obviously going through shared experiences right now, especially the guys that are, you know, in the in the same class, the 20, 22s and 22s, 23s, 23s, the 22 guys can compare official visits, um, all that kind of stuff. So definitely when you have guys that can act as, I guess, extensions of the coaching staff and recruiting them and all that, self, pitching guys and all that kind of stuff, it's definitely um, a huge bonus to have them at all these home games. For sure. And I know that I was uh, talking to a, a 2022 commit. I won't uh, give the name here recently, but it was a week ago and he was like, Man, uh, I really like that Kalen Lee kid. He, he he can really play. And you know, next day, next day, Kalen Lee commits to the University of Georgia. So it was uh it is that that case as you as you say, where you know these guys know what's going on with each other, even more so, like you said, maybe than some of the coaches. They 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 really become an extension, like you said of the of the coaching staff and trying to get a lot of stuff done but guys we're here on the uga sports youtube channel and if you uh if you love this content you love what comes out of this show make sure to do us a favor hit that subscribe button turn on notifications share with some friends on on facebook and twitter and instagram now that it's back up and running today after everybody thought the world was ending when facebook and instagram <laughs> got hacked so uh, we'll we'll see what ends up uh, happening with all that. What what comes out in the coming days? But uh, it's back up and ready to go, and it is a huge time for the University of Georgia. There's a lot of momentum uh, coming off of that 37 to nothing shutout over Arkansas. The I mean, it's easy. It seems like an eternity now, but just a couple of days later. But Arkansas, you know, everybody needs to remember they were the number eight ranked team in the country with a lot of kind of pomp and circumstance coming into that game. And Georgia's defense takes care of business in front of some guys like a Shamar Stewart who was there, um, a Kamari Wilson on that on defense on an official visit, Julian Humphrey on an official visit. 
Um, Michael Williams was there, who's a USC commit as we speak right now. So Trent, you know, a lot of guys uh, on that defensive side of the ball that got to see a just unbelievable performance. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, back in the summer, when you're looking at this uh, defensive class, it was kind of, you know, kind of looking like it was uh, Georgia was missing some guys and, 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 you know, things were going uh, trending downhill. And I think the main thing is kind of, you know, what we've touched on with, with what Georgia missed on last year with Kirby smart, getting these guys on campus and, 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 you know, having the, uh, having the unofficial official visits and, and, since then, and, and along with the how Georgia's playing, it, things have really just taken off for Georgia. Just, you know, in all position groups, really. It's, it's, there, there's not one really standing out more than the other. It's just, you know, they're just, you know, recruiting very well. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to have throw up all these questions and things here in a minute, but with so much going on and so many kind of behind-the-scenes elements going on, I felt it was best that we just kind of – Take a pause real quick here and look at, okay, where is the class right now? Uh, And, you know, where are the numbers and all that kind of stuff? So I'm going to put this graphic up if you're watching along on the UGA Sports YouTube channel where I listed the commits here. And, of course, uh, Georgia has the 17 commits as of now. Um, And then there's some possible flips out there, you know, really about five guys that you could see see flipping in this class and then a a laundry list of targets over there, Trent. When you look at this list and you see uh, those flips and the targets and then the 17 commits that are that are currently on the list right now, what is just kind of the first thing that pops out to you and, and stands out to you when you when you see the names on this list? I mean, where are you going to find room? Uh, I mean, I, I I think Georgia, I mean, just looking at the possible flips, looking at the targets, I mean, Georgia st- sits well with 95% of these guys. So uh, where are you going to find room? Where are you going to, um, I mean, I, I think I think this class, uh, the way it looked, you know, two months ago to what it's going to look like in December, it's going to be vastly different. And, and I think it's going to be for the better. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you see right there, Oscar Delp has a commitment date of October 13th. Everybody expects him to be a Georgia Bulldog. Kamari Wilson for a long time, a lot of future cast to be a Georgia Bulldog. I've got a future cast in for Ernest Green to be a Georgia Bulldog. You, Trent, have a future cast in for Luther Burden to be a Georgia Bulldog. Our guy Ben Bachman put in one for Jaheim Singletary today. Kristen Miller's got a lot for to be a dog. I know I talked with – uh, Shamar Stewart's camp today. They were really impressed after that visit, and there's th- at least three of those possible flips over there that I think are either close or or could be you know pulling the trigger literally uh, any time now on on flipping to the University of Georgia. Uh, no, Roddy dropped a note that if he had ability to put a future cast in for a flip, he would do so for Michael Williams. So. Uh, Jed, I mean, like Trent said, is it is this a possible thing where maybe Georgia knows more than 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 we know in terms of how they're going to utilize uh, maybe the the shifting around of the scholarships with some of the guys who are currently on the commitment com- commitment side of things, and then also that extra seven spots that you get with the uh, transfers going in and out that rule that the NCAA has stated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what they pay these guys for, right? Is it's like a GM in the NFL; those guys get paid to make decisions and fitting under the salary cap and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in college, instead of the salary cap, you got, you know, the scholarship limits and all that kind of thing. So however it happens, you know, it always shakes out. And it seems like every year 
there's these things of, okay, you know, Georgia's in it with this many guys and they got to fit it in somehow. It always works out in the end, um, whether, you know, guys get moved around or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, it's like the question we get, you know, seemingly every week, if there's room for Jaheim Singletary, Julian Humphrey, and Kamari Wilson, they're, the staff's going to find room for the best players to join this team. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that we seem to know that the specifics of it, maybe not so much, but the best players are going to be in this class. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Well, there's guys when you when you look at this list right here. There's guys like if if a Travis Hunter wants a spot in the class, he's going to get a spot in the class. Exactly. If there's if Kamari Wilson wants a spot in the class, he'll have a spot. Jaheim Singletary, same thing. Shamar Stewart, same thing. Uh, uh, even a Walter Nolan, if he wanted one. So there's that many guys that are legitimately there. You know, uh, you hate to say it, but there could be some guys that are on that commitment list that maybe don't end up on that commitment list. George has had uh, some some go in and out already throughout this uh, this year, but um, we're going to get to questions in just a minute. But uh, I just wanted to, you know, Trent, you've uh, you've been kind of doing some some research research and stuff. Uh, Travis Hunter almost broke the internet when he showed up on the third row after breaking his ankle. So he breaks his ankle, then he almost breaks the internet the next day by showing up at Georgia in the third row. Um, you know, he's he's uh, sitting there, and I turn around, and all of a sudden I, I see him, and I just lift my phone up and just take a picture of him real quick because I honestly couldn't believe I was seeing him sitting there. Um, what is uh, what is kind of some stuff that, that you've learned over the last 48 hours with the Travis Hunter situation? You know, I just thought it was unique because uh, as of about two, two, three weeks ago, um, he wasn't listening to other college coaches. And I think, uh, you know, Georgia showed up at his game. Muschamp showed up at his game um, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And um, what was on the sidelines. And then, uh, you know, uh, he got injured Friday night. I know Georgia was one of the first teams, or if not the first team to reach out to him after his injury, wishing him well. And then they got him on campus Saturday. So I think Georgia's just uh, just pursuit, just endless pursuit, just showing him how much he's loved, how much he's wanted, is uh, is really worked out here. And uh, and and I, you know, I, I don't know how far it's gotten. You know, I think I think Georgia's on his mind definitely. Or he wouldn't have been in Athens uh, on Saturday. Um, I would say Georgia's on his mind today. You know, he has strong ties to Florida State. It's going to be hard at the end of the day. It's going to be hard to decommit from Florida State just because of those ties. But I would say if he does choose to go elsewhere, it will be Georgia. And and when you come to, you know, that Florida State situation, you already see him, you know, it's kind of like uh, the, the you know, rats off a sinking ship is, is kind of the, the, mm -hmm. uh, the analogy that I'm going to use in terms of, you know, everybody knows it's going down. And uh, I, I, you see Landon Thomas, who is a 2024 tight end, committed to the uh, to Florida State. He visited Georgia, gets an offer from Georgia on Saturday. He decommits the next day. So uh, you know you've got this already starting to come to fruition, where Florida State is losing momentum rapidly. And you know it's it's on one hand, as a college football fan, it's kind of sad to see a historic program just go down the crapper like that. But then on the other hand, you know to the you know to you know finders keepers kind of things as you uh as you go throughout this and uh there's going to be lots of teams that reap the reap the benefits of florida state kind of stinking up the joint miami just as well i mean i, I talked to shamar stewart's camp today jed and uh there can't be a whole lot of confidence when they don't know if uh, manny diaz is gonna be there or not you know come to the end of this season well and jaheem singletary too right that's a guy yeah. that has 
obviously, I mean, he told me it was, you know, Georgia, Florida, and Miami were the three of the really tough schools he was looking at. And obviously you look at Miami, they're, they're doinking field goals to lose to Virginia. They're getting run out of their own stadium, which on, as a sidebar is probably only a quarter full to begin with uh, against Michigan state. So and that's one of those things. And you look at Georgia, I know there's been kind of a lot made over the past year or two, you know, James Coley left and that was Georgia's South Florida connection. But when Miami's not very good and, and Florida state's not very good, that, you know, it, it doesn't all the way balance out, I guess, but it certainly doesn't hurt, um, you know, when when staying home maybe isn't as much of a priority for those guys with the state of those two programs. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing. You know, right it, when you say that, when you say Miami has been historically bad and for the Florida State's been historically bad, and this has been for years now, what program should be awesome right now? Florida Gators. The Florida yeah. Gators, and yeah. they absolutely are the antithesis of awesome. I mean, they, they, they are, uh, performing underperforming terribly under Dan Mullen, not only on the football field, but in recruiting. I mean, they are, they are consistently 14th, 15th, 16th in recruiting rankings. I mean, they're not, they're not anywhere near, maybe occasionally might jump up to nine for a high water mark, but they do not recruit at the level they need to recruit, especially with some of those programs struggling so badly. And I think, uh, you know, that leads us to a guy like uh, Julian Humphrey, who I feel like Georgia has really uh, impressed. Uh, you know, he went from being a guy that was at the five-star challenge, had just committed to uh, Florida at the end of May. We saw him at the five-star challenge, just talked to him a little bit, you know, off record. was like, hey, can I, can I, you know, see, see, is Georgia still talking to you? They're pursuing you, that kind of stuff. And at that point, he was like, I really don't want anything said right now, but I was up there. You know, I just went on a visit, things like that. And then uh, so he goes from that point in about mid-June uh, to the end of June, beginning of July, posting all these pictures of this photo shoot that he did and things like that, uh, really starting to feel that love, uh, you know, from Georgia. And then a couple weeks later, schedules the official visit that he took this weekend to Arkansas. Um, you just got to feel a top 10 matchup and and the, and the kind of the contrast with how Florida's doing. I, I, we all, we say all the time, one game does not determine whether a recruit goes somewhere or not. Right. Trent. I mean, a win or lose game, if it's between two schools, one game outcome, that's not going to do it, but trends in how a program plays and how they perform, that certainly does. And you have to feel like the trend of Georgia's defense and Georgia's t- program versus that of the university of Florida is going in two opposite directions, Trent. Yeah. I mean, just, you just look at it. Who, who would, who wouldn't want to play in Georgia's defense right now? I mean, just the way if you were on hand Saturday, uh, say a Michael Williams or Barry Alexander or Julian Humphrey or those guys looking at that defense, just watching how locked down they are. I mean, you're looking at uh, how many how many NFL draft picks on that first on that on that defense alone? And so you're the, like, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say on the first team. I was like, and on the second team. Yeah, I mean, just, just the top twenty two. You probably got what 16, 17 draft picks right there. And and they're not going to be uh, a majority of those guys are going to be in the top three rounds uh, in, in over the next couple of years. So you're looking at that and you're saying, well, I have an opportunity because these guys are leaving. But look at what they're looking at. Look at how these coaches have developed. Look, look what they're about to put in the NFL. And, you know, just those things are, are, are really hitting home for these recruits. And it's, it's hard to it's hard for, a, you know, a Florida to compare to that right now just because of the way that program is trending. Uh, three and three and five in their last eight games. One and five against Power Five teams, just not good. And you, yeah, like you said, it shouldn't be like that with Florida State and Miami. Uh, you know, being down as they've been in the past, you know, 
five years, six years, however long it's been. So uh, Florida's had the opportunity to take full advantage of this, uh, uh, you know, other two teams being down and they haven't done it. And it's, I think it's mainly because they don't have good recruiters on that staff. Not necessarily. I mean, they're just not top notch guys. Uh, that's what, that's what Kirby looks for. It's what Saban looks for guys that can coach, but guys that can recruit, they can relate to these guys. And, and uh, I think, you know, those two programs are, are shown, you know, on the field, what, what it takes to recruit and, and, and you, you see, you see the results on the field. I can follow yeah. up on that. You know, those guys, yeah. you, you mentioned Barry Alexander as an example. He went to the game in Charlotte. He went the other night. Guys like that have went to both of those games. have seen Georgia play two top 10 opponents and they've seen that defense give up three points in eight quarters against two top 10 teams. I mean, it's like you said, who wouldn't want to play in that defense given, given the way they're playing right now? Although, I mean, the, overall, I think they're averaging what is like 4.6 points per contest that they're giving up. Yeah, I, mean, I think, I think that even counts the pick six like that uh, Carson Beck threw against UAB. I mean, I think if you're counting straight defense, that gets even even lower than that. I mean, it's it's was it? It's, yeah, it's I crazy. mean, they gave they gave up seven seven on the pick six. They gave up three on the Stetson Bennett interception uh, down in Georgia territory where where they kicked a field goal, and then uh, mm-hmm. they beat Amir Speed in the fourth quarter, who's who's not playing much now. Uh, um, for seven, so there's seventeen of the twenty. What four? Yeah, no, no doubt. And we've got a, and we've got a lot of uh, questions to to get to here. So we're going to go ahead and start uh, rolling into those, and uh, we'll start right off with one of the one of the big ones here from uh, Suspense Twelve. Who do you believe our next three public commits will be? So Georgia's next three public commits from uh, Suspense. Uh, so Trent, I mean. If you're talking about straight up commits we'll, we'll leave the the flips out for for just a minute but uh straight up out of that list and i'll put the uh the list up again let's let's just go off this target list over here out of that who do you think the guys are going to be the most three to uh commit next i'll go with uh oscar Delp, kamari wilson luther burden yeah, uh, the, the, all those guys, uh, Delp scheduled on the 13th, Burden scheduled on the 20th. I think it's super tight right now between Georgia and Missouri with Luther Burden. I, I think Georgia's well positioned, like obviously uh, you do, Trent, with a future casting for him. I just, I just know that, uh, you know, that's, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, in a matchup, you know, a team will circle one on the calendar and they treat it as their Super Bowl. Well, Luther Burden is the the Super Bowl, if you will, for uh, Missouri when it comes to their recruiting. So I don't, I, that that's kind of back and forth on that one, but I think those three are definitely the most likely candidates because most of these other guys over here, I know Shamar Stewart's waiting until February. Kristen Miller, All American Bowl. Walter Nolan, the All American Bowl. Um, I think Ernest Green's going to take a little bit more time. Um, you Bears know, All American Bowl. Yeah, uh, Jaheim Singletary, who, who knows, Bear All-American Bowl. So uh, a lot of those guys have already designated that they're going to take their time. But, uh, you know, inter- interesting right there with those three guys. I think if you're talking about the the flips, uh, including that into it, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Michael Williams uh, before too long. Um, you know, with, as Roddy noted over on, on the vault today, and then also a, uh, a Julian Humphrey flip would not be – something that would be totally out of the the realm of possibility here here soon either so we will uh we will see what happens when it comes to to those like you said it's all about timing it's all about those those slots and uh how many georgia can can actually take and then who who of those 
current commits actually ends up in the class. Um, got another one here. Let me put this put this. Over. I'm gonna have to scroll them across the bottom, uh, guys, because every time I uh, try to do it with three of us on here, it kind of raises us up out of the shot. So I'll I'll read this question. And just let it scroll across the bottom. How do we see the OLB slash Edge class shaking out right now with the Georgia with the season Georgia is having on defense in particular? Um, it, it would not be a surprise, and he had, he had some more on there. It would not be surprised to see a lot of these talented guys, uh, you know, commit soon. So when it comes to that, the edge position, you got Dare Smith already committed. I'll I'll uh, throw that list back up there to make it easier for us. We've got uh, C.J. Washington can play outside back, or Dare Smith is going to play outside on the on the edge or defensive end, something like that. Jalen Walker is utilizing outside. He could go inside. C.J. Madden's an outside guy. Uh, so all, all of those guys, um, can, can play on the, on the edge. And then, like I said, you add a Michael Williams, you add a Shamar, a Shamar Stewart, possibly right there. I feel like a nine white's probably not as likely anymore with some of the development that's been going on here recently. But I mean, do you guys feel that Washington Smith Madden and, Walker, depending on how he's used, uh, then possibly a Williams and, and Shamar Stewart. I mean, that's that's probably the most likely outcome for the edge, right? If if you're able to add a, a Stewart, you know, because it's going to be tough to to bring Stewart in. He's he's still heavily considering A and M, even though they're having their struggles, and uh, also Ohio State's in there for him as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Michael would it's still an edge, but he'd be used like a hybrid. Um, I think he would see time at Jack, especially early. Might might uh, depend on how he grows. Might go down the defensive end. I think uh, George just likes his explosiveness off the edge, and you know, uh, Trayvon Walker and all them guys play. Uh, technically an edge. I mean, you're, you're playing that 3-4. Sometimes you drop down a linebacker and Trayvon's on the uh, one edge. So um, I think uh, they use Michael in different ways. I think the other guys are more uh, – uh, you got Sam Madden who would probably be uh, – no, Sam. C.J. Madden who would probably be in the jack. And then um, some of John Walker and some of those guys in the uh, on the other side. But, you know, I think that's pretty much your edge. That's what the guys you're looking at at the edge. I think Georgia's, you know, one or two guys away from filling that class. Yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it's getting it's getting uh, it's getting packed over there at the edge position, and I think uh, if if they are to pull off a flip here here soon, then that spot's going to get uh, awful tight. Uh, you know, some premiums on that on that edge edge spots remaining. And um, if you if you were to say to Trent on who gets moved inside potentially, uh, who's more likely? Would that be uh, C.J. Washington or would that be Jalen Walker? Because one of those guys I'm sure will be looked to to move inside and play some inside backer. I would say C.J. Washington. I mean, I, I do like John Walker on the outside. Um, I do. I, he has the capability to play uh, either one. But, you know, I kind of view his explosiveness and stuff like Adam Anderson um, playing him on the edge. But – uh, I think I think it's just a matter of just getting these athletic, tall, uh, skinny guys in there and just seeing where they see where they fit. You know, Quay Walker was outside guy in high school, and now look what he's developed into. I mean, he's a he's a monster in that uh, starter on the uh, inside linebacker. So I think just get them there, see 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 how they develop, see uh, who can play where, and um, uh, I mean, it's never never bad to have too many of these guys than than not enough. Yeah, we we had a, another question from ZXBY140. 
uh, and I'll put, I, I had to shorten this one up a little bit because it, it got uh, so cumbersome on here and I'm going to fit 200 characters, but it said, it seemed to me that Kirby getting all these top players, including major flip targets together for a noon kickoff against the top 10 team was a gutsy move. A lot could go wrong, but it seems everything went right. Agree, disagree. Uh, what is the power move uh, What that this power move spoke to confidence into his team? So uh, I don't know. I don't know how well, you know, Kirby communicates, hey, we've got X, Y, Z recruits coming in out there. I know players that are currently there probably talk to some. Jed, I'm sure that's a question that whenever you're talking to guys, you ask, hey, do you know any guys on the team? Do you have any connections to Georgia, that kind of stuff? Do you have a do you have a, a feel whether you think uh, some of those guys may may know when, uh, when X players coming on a visit, things like that? Yeah, yeah I'm sure they do. I mean, I asked um, – I forget who it was. I was at interviews a couple weeks ago and asked a player about that just – is that I think it was after the um the South Carolina game, you know, obviously on the Donnie Mitchell score that touchdown right in front of Arch Manning, a lot was was made of that clip. And I asked one of the players, like, do y'all, I guess, get excited about that showing up for kind of the next generation? That guy said, you know, the typical, you know, coach speak with Kirby, you know, peeking around the corner like the like the nurse guy and Happy Gilmore just the <laughs> but um yeah, I'm I'm sure they do. I mean, like you said, they they talk to these guys if if nothing else on, you know, through social media and all that kind of stuff. So um yeah, I think so. And then, you know, those guys get to go down on the field. They get to watch them warm up. You know, they're 10 yards away or whatever. So I definitely think, you know, they know those guys. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's, it kind of goes back to Kirby challenging the fans back after the um, – I guess it was after the Vanderbilt game. You know, he, he was kind of banking on a lot of stuff going right with the atmosphere. And he mentioned recruiting. He said, yeah, he's, exactly. he said in his press conference, he said, we're going to have a lot of big recruits there. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to show up and get there early. One one story that I had from it was Cavin uh, uh, Call, who is a 2023 edge player um, from Apopka, Florida, uh, if that sounds familiar, because that's where Jalen Carter's from as well. Georgia went into Apopka and got him out of there. And, uh, you know, Cavin said that he was down there for pregame warmups, and Jalen ran over there to him and – and I uh, spoke to him, you know, told him it was good to see him there, that kind of stuff. So there are those relationships there, and those guys know know about that kind of stuff. Uh, after the game, I was taking taking pictures there in the in the end zone, and had some uh, some players run up to uh, where the recruits were, and they were they were kind of uh, pointing at guys and and you know pulling at the G and all that kind of stuff, you know, on the, on the jersey. So uh, there's definitely some uh, some interaction there, and they they know what's what's going on with that kind of stuff. But uh ZXBY 140, you're definitely right. It was a it was a uh kind of an all in move by by Kirby. He wanted that big time atmosphere. He knew it was a top ten game. Arkansas is a good team and they, you know, if Georgia hadn't came to play, they could have uh, got some stuff going on the run game and and made that a tough, tough game for Georgia. But um Georgia responded the way that uh I the, I think the only the best the way that Kirby Smart only could have dreamed that they would. Everything went uh, just about perfectly. They ran the ball at will whenever they wanted to. Stetson Bennett stepped in admirably, admirably like he always does, and uh, the defense was lights out one, once again. So, I, th- I, think, another- I, I was going to add something. And I think with the early start, it kind of helps the staff when, when it comes to official visits because – uh, you know, if you have a late game on Saturday, there's not much communication with those recruits. Uh, I mean, I guess you're, you're still talking to them a little bit, but you're, you're game planning, you're, you're getting ready. And then if you have an early start, you get that game over with, then you can show, you know, in more love to those recruits on Saturday uh, than you would with a late start. No doubt. No doubt. It's uh, 
it's it's a lot more time you get to spend get to spend with them and uh you know when you only have a couple there uh which i think it was only uh kamari and julian doing their doing their officials right this week i think those were those were the only two uh yeah some, some unofficial guys spend the night but other than that um yeah so but in, in terms of official visit capacity those guys really getting to spend a lot of times and both being dbs you know that uh, dan Lannon and kirby smart and will muschamp just had a had, had a great time uh you know hosting those guys and getting to getting to be around them uh, i'm i'm not going to put some of these questions on here because we're going to start uh, start rolling but i wanted to uh just just go ahead and read them out as far as being uh as as upside being obtained how does Kristen miller how does Kristen Miller measure up to Bear and Tyree things? Um, you know, Trent, I'll let you kind of speak on that uh, here in just a second. But I think Kristen Miller was a guy who has has really upped his game going into this senior year. His senior film, I think, is is one that George is big on senior tape, and I think his senior tape is one that's going to help his stock tremendously. Yeah, I think it started at the Rivals Challenge, you know, when he, when he was named defensive MVP. And I think he kind of took – uh, whatever happened in the recruiting, whether, you know, some teams backed off, some teams slow played and whatever, I think he kind of took that to heart. And I think he started playing with a chip on his shoulder. And you can really tell by that because uh, he's upped his game. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, as far as upside, you're looking uh, – to, to me, I'm looking at how Trey Scott has developed some of these guys uh, on campus and, and taking a guy who's got who's athletic, you know, plays more – he's probably going to play more of the three-tech uh, – like where where Devonte Wyatt and and you know Jalen Carter plays at times when he's not, but uh he, he's he's another athletic guy that you're adding that, that Trey Scott's going to be able to get his hands on and he's going to be able to get you know try to get that upside out of him and, and he's definitely got the upside. No doubt, and I think when you you talk about about a Christian Miller too, it's also Kirby Smart and this this Georgia team they love guys who have genuinely love to play the game right i mean you see the excitement that kirby kirby has jed i thought after uh after dan jackson blocked that blocked that punt in the game i thought kirby was gonna lose his lose his mind over there on the <laughs> sideline he's so happy for for dan jackson and now uh, that's the kind of camaraderie that that those players enjoy uh with with kirby and uh you've been around Kristen miller jed uh he's got a you know it just an infectious personality for sure. He's a, he's a guy that that's always brings the entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I went and watched their game Friday night, and he was he was jumping around pregame. He was he was dancing. He was singing. He was on the sideline. Um, you know, talking. I even even you know it was a uh, they were blowing out the team they were playing, and he was on the sideline. He was getting the trainers to undo the tape on his hands, and he's still you know watching the game. And one of his one of his teammates got a sack, and he was cheering for him from the sidelines. You know, a guy that doesn't get to play a whole lot. So he's a guy that you know seems like will be a or would be if he, if he or wherever he goes honestly he will be one of those guys in the locker room everyone loves he brings the energy he's he's on social media a lot and it seems like a very charismatic you know guy and i know for me personally you know if, if he ended up coming to georgia he'd be one of those guys that i'd be looking forward to interview just because he brings that energy he's smiling all the time all that kind of stuff so um like kind, of reminds, kind of reminds me of the Warren Brinson and and those guys mm-hmm. who just love the game and and mm-hmm. are having fun. I mean, you see Julian Rochester and 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 Warren Brinson down on the sidelines. I mean, you act like they're right there playing twenty five snaps a game, but they're not. But they're you know they're just they just love the game. So mm-hmm. I I can't decide if Warren Brinson is the best dancer on Georgia's team or just the <laughs> mo- or just the most willing dancer on. Georgia's I think he's just the most willing. I mean, he's not bad. <laughs> 
I mean, you hit a, a, a note hits out there in a, in a TV timeout or something like that. And you see 97 out there, you know, just getting after it. I mean, for sure. He, he's having a good time out there. Um, I'll go ahead and put this one uh, scrolling across the bottom. Primetime dog. Who's more likely to be in this class between Dayon Bowie and Kojo Antoine? I know that uh, both of them were there at this point in time. Uh, I don't see either one of them being in this class trend and and uh you know what are you what are your feelings upon that yeah i don't have a i don't have a good answer for that one because uh i mean i guess best no nah, i don't know i don't have no <laughs> i don't think either one of them's gonna be in this class right as of today i don't i don't see either one of them in this class and and lord knows this stuff changes in a hurry because uh, about five days ago we probably wouldn't have been talking about travis hunter and the any university of georgia as well so uh, I know Kojo Antoine has been there two two weeks in a row. Dayon Bowie, you know, has the Bainbridge connection to Kirby Smart um, for sure. He's committed to Texas A&M right now, however, though. So um, I think that, you know, there's only – we've put the list up there. There's only so many spots, right? There's only so many, so much room, and uh, the, the train's pulling out of the station, you know, for uh, for some of these guys. So it's a lot about timing, and uh, we'll see, see how it all works out there. But I think in the wide receiver class – Luther Burden's obviously that main target out there. A guy that I didn't have on the on the target list, Shaz Preston, is somebody of of course that's going to uh, planning to make a visit later this year. But I would put Luther Burden as the main pure wide receiver target. Probably Shaz Preston right underneath him. Kojo may fall uh, underneath that, and then and then you would have uh, you know Travis Hunter who would play wide receiver and DB at George. I mean, like a Champ Bailey type type uh, prospect yeah. I, that, a lot of people give that some lip service and they say oh yeah so and so they they said he can play both at the next level trent now travis, he can, he travis can hunter play. can dominate yeah. at both at the next level yeah i mean there's no doubt in my mind that travis hunter would not come in as a freshman and be able to play on both sides of the ball as a freshman i mean he is he is that good i mean he is he's hands down the best player that i've seen in this class this year um and you know, his, his upside is just unbelievable. And that brings us to another question we have with uh, Speedy Dog here, and I'll let it roll across the bottom. Uh, Speedy Dog says, do we, Georgia, have a greater than 50% chance to sign Travis Hunter? Well, right now, uh, I don't think you can handicap that with, with you know, a, a percentage greater than 50% because right now – uh, he still would have to decommit from Florida State, so that's a that's a, a hard one to handicap and put a percentage on. Uh, Jed, when they're when they're still committed elsewhere, we've talked about this with Michael Williams. We've said uh, for weeks now we really like Michael Williams to be a a flip uh, chance to Georgia, but they kind of do got to do that decommitment first, don't they? Yeah, it's we've talked about it with with um, you know just it's guys all summer. I mean, every time we do one of these shows, it seems like we ha- we answer the same thing. They got to decommit first. That being said. Um, you know, it's kind of like Trent said earlier, if Travis Hunter does decide to go anywhere else but Florida State, it seems, you know, all those arrows are pointing toward Georgia right now, just in the sense of, you know, he came to Athens and all that kind of stuff. So greater than 50 percent. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to, to say that when he's still committed elsewhere. Um, but if you take Florida State out of it, then then, yeah, I, I would think. Georgia would be lead among the flip yeah. candidates. And, and I think I think Georgia put a lot on his mind. But the key is now. Is George has already visited, you know, him for a game. I think the key is now getting him back on campus uh, mm-hmm. and, and kind of re- letting him know those feelings are still there. Uh, you, you know, kind of it, if you go on and, and he doesn't visit again, I think this kind of fades. But if if he 
shows up at Kentucky game or shows up, uh, you know, later in the season at another home game, I, it, you, you know, this is trending in the right direction. And I, I do expect him to visit again. I do expect him to take an official visit to Georgia. Um, and we'll see where that leads. No doubt. And uh, after after all the publicity he got there being on the third row of that game, you he may visit and you may never see him uh, at, the, at a game coming up if he doesn't if he doesn't want to uh, be out there anymore. Because uh, it, it was I, I've rarely seen, uh, you know, scenes like that where there's, you know, action going on the field because Georgia's just drubbing Arkansas and you've got media guys over there in the end zone all realizing at the same time. Hey, Travis Hunter's right there in the, in the stand. So you know, everybody's turned where they're back to the field, shooting in the shooting in the crowd, trying to get uh, Travis Hunter there. So it was a, a a sight to see for sure in that one. Um, a lot of questions on here. I had too many to to put on here at one time on Anai White. Uh, I'd put in a, a future cast for Anai White after his visit to Georgia. I've kind of. Kind of probably that that visit high, right? Uh, we had reliable intel that things look good for uh, Anai to to be on board, uh, but as we said, things change swiftly. And uh, there, I think Michael Williams having a, a great visit there. Georgia really leaning on him to to uh, be a part of this class and decommit from USC could be a part of that. I think there's ground bit that's been made with Shamar Stewart, um, uh, definitely with uh, Ohio State struggling on defense this year there being questions whether Ohio State's defensive coordinator is even going to be around next year. Texas A&M's 0-2 in the SEC play, and, and they're having struggles. Miami is a dumpster fire. Um, so with all of that going on, uh, Shamar Stewart, I think, is is sitting pretty pretty well for Georgia. And I'm not saying that, that Georgia has them ranked, uh, those guys ranked better or worse than an I White. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not sitting in on that meeting. Don't don't know that for sure. But I would think, Trent, that would have something to do with it when you got uh, well positioned to possibly bring in guys on the edge like a Shamar and like a Michael that could be used in a variety of ways. Yeah, and you got guys that are that are more – uh, kind of a mix between inside linebacker and outside linebacker, and they're, they're they fit more in that uh, Adam Anderson type role. And and you're looking for those big Jack linebackers uh, that you're going to trust to you know go up against the run. Uh, and you know I, I think Anai White fits more on the other side. Yeah, he's a bigger frame, but he's more um, skinny. He's more of a true four three defensive end, right? Like- right. And and I just think that scheme wise, you're looking at uh, like a Malik. Uh, uh, Michael Williams, and you're looking at um, Shamar Stewart. They just kind of fit better in, in Georgia's scheme, um, and uh, that might be a case of of where we're at. You know, when it comes down to these final couple spots, no doubt. I think uh, one thing people need to realize too: Shamar Stewart's 275 pounds, and he's run a legitimately timed four five five forty. The dude can fly. Like he he's he's big. He can really really run. Uh, Michael Williams, I think, you know, it's listed at, at places at, you know, 260 and stuff like that. I think he's smaller than that. I think he's not, not smaller, meaning in a bad connotation, but I don't think he weighs, I don't think he's that heavy. I think he's more trimmed up to, what do you think, Trent? Maybe a, a 240, 245-ish? Yeah, I think uh, he's probably 245 or so. And he's probably... Yeah. Six three and a half, six four. Uh, I don't think he touches six five either. But and Jed, Jed, you're a tall guy. You've stood right beside Michael. How tall is he? He's probably like Jen said, probably six three and a half, six four. I don't think he's quite six five. I, if I got to look up a lot, I tend to notice, and I didn't have to look up too much. So I'd say probably topping out at six four. I'd say. 
There we go. There we go. So, Jed, uh, you know, but we've we've covered a lot of 2022 stuff here. Um, last question on 2022s that I'll read. How do you, how do you guys see Dylan Bell's game compared to Denylon Morissette? I uh, said I love them both, but they seem really similar to me. That came from uh, Kilo Braun. So, um, Dylan Bell and Denylon Morissette, I think, are very very similar uh, because they're both thick, physical wide receivers that also have the ability to to do some finesse things run some tunnel screens and stuff like that but i see a uh you know pardon the pun a bulldog mentality out of both of those i mean trent uh, what what's your thoughts on on those two guys yeah i mean that very very similar type receivers uh i don't i, I don't know I, I, dylan bell might be a tad faster i, I don't i don't really I, I haven't seen dylan bell live but just looking at his highlights just kind of comparing the two but both very good receivers. Um, I, I know I think, Dylan had 11 catches for 215 yards and five touchdowns this, this past Friday, so he's doing and, something and that's, right. that's one of those things where you're, you're kind of looking at the Georgia defense. It don't matter who you're playing. That's pretty dang good. So. Yeah, that, that is that is the truth. Now, uh, Jed, uh, like I said, we've, we've kind of touched a lot on 2022 here. Uh, any 2023, 2024, even 2025 guys, younger guys that you've talked to recently that you have something uh, – noteworthy you'd like to share on here some guys you've talked to recently yeah um, you know i know we both talked to colin hurley uh 2025 quarterback over the past couple months he was at the cookout i believe was the first time he came to athens got an offer uh, the next day and he was at the game the other night and we talked to you george is very high on his list he's spent some time with todd monk and things like that um vice and lang a, a 2023 guy from alabama he's made two game visits this summer i said love the visit couldn't uh I think he told me he couldn't hear the guy next to him. Uh, it was so loud there in that first quarter. So, um, gosh, trying to think. Um, I thought that Kevin Kevin Call as Kevin well, Call, right? Yeah, Kevin um, Call, twenty twenty three, Michael Daugherty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- those guys are Michael Daugherty. I saw him at Grayson, and I put out an article about him uh, when we watched him the the other night. Uh, Trent, we were there. I saw. Michael Daugherty, when his team was down, encouraging his teammates, rallying his teammates, you know, trying to be a leader on that field. The, the offense was struggling. There wasn't much they could do about it, but the defense started to lead a comeback against a good Mill Creek team, you know, to, uh, trying their best to, to scratch and claw to get back in it. And uh, Michael Daugherty, I think, has obviously great talent as a defensive back there, but then he, he has the intangibles you would like to see as well, and that's why he's so highly recruited in my opinion. Yeah, and, and it goes back to what Kirby says. He says, we're not only looking for the best players, you know, they're, they're looking for a certain mentality and uh, a certain kid with the with that dog mentality. And I, th- I think he has the, the, that dog mentality along with, you know, the leadership that he likes uh, his defensive backs to have. And uh, I think he would he, he would kind of fit into that uh, that Kirby system that he likes. No doubt. Uh, two two guys that also that were there. Um, you had uh, Quay Rousseau and uh, you had um, James Smith from IMG Academy. These are guys in the class of uh, uh, 2023 that are, you know, uh, I think Quay is bench pressing 225 20 times already. I mean, he's he's a strong upper bodied uh, linebacker, and James Smith is six foot three, 200 and uh, or 310 pounds with an 82 inch wingspan. Uh, the guy's a quick twitch, uh, you know, defensive tackle and is somebody that Georgia is really, really doing a good job. I mean, uh, I almost tweeted out, I almost put the tweet with the caption, find you somebody that, that, uh, that is as happy when they see you as Kirby smart was when he saw James Smith the other day, because I mean, that picture 
Kirby's got a genuine smile on his face, Jed. You've been to those press conferences. You know, Kirby, uh, it's hard to get Kirby to crack a crack a, a genuine smile in there. But James Smith had uh, had Kirby uh, smiling from ear to ear on that visit. Yeah, it's it's definitely noteworthy. Dash Dash kind of got him to smirk today when he told him he did his research about lad injuries. Uh, talking about JT Daniel, <laughs> he, he kind of got a smirk out of him. Um, so yeah, when you see when you kind of, but then Kirby out, snapped right into saying, "Well, really, Dash, there's a there's yeah. a there's a one and a one plus and a one plus plus." He started yeah, going do back. more research, idiot. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's one of those things, and that's a lot. What a lot of these kids talk about, you know, when when a coach makes time a head coach especially makes time for you on these game day visits, especially one as, as highly, uh, highly anticipated as this one was that that makes these kids feel special. And it, it, it kind of seems stupid. It make, you know, it's one of those things like, Oh, you know, she texted me first and that must mean she's interested that kind of silly thing. But I mean, it means something when, when the coach cards out time for you. So um, yeah, that, that definitely means a lot to these kids, especially the younger kids that are, um, you know, Kirby's still trying to build these relationships with. And uh, we've got guys over here in the YouTube chat, just so you guys know over here, uh, Danny Blackman, Clifton Riles, uh, Judah, Greg, uh, Greg Rosenberg, Mario Brewster. We, we see all your comments. We appreciate you guys being in here. We answer questions from UGA Sports Vault members that are submitted on there. Uh, but thanks so much for, for being a part of it. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. We appreciate uh, everything. I think we got a deal, a 50, 50% off uh, deal going through October 10th, I believe, uh, going on right now. So you can find that promo, any any of us on, on Twitter, UGA at UGA Sports.com on Twitter as well. I uh, wanted to mention here too, guys, uh, Dead Soxie is a, a sponsor of the show. They, they you know, tremendous socks out there that that uh, i saw in a store up in uh, blue ridge the other day i was like hey there's our sponsor i think they're going to do a deal over here where uh if you join the the pick contest uh you could end up winning a, a four pack of the of the socks over there to come this nice uh, box set up over here so i appreciate those guys uh sponsoring the show as well uh, i wanted to make sure i got that in there probably too late uh, after roddy told me to probably do it earlier in the show but oh well and it is what it is. We we got it got it in there. So appreciate uh, Dead Soxy for sponsoring the show, guys. Uh, it's available. The show is available on the podcast platform each and every morning after we're live here on the uh, YouTube channel. So do us a favor, subscribe, turn on notifications, share with three friends if you like this content, guys. It really helps us out. Leave a leave a review, all that kind of stuff. Comments, uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, you can find us on there as well. For Jed May and Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you next time, next week, 8.15, live on Monday for another episode of Rumors versus Facts. Thank you.